the Alagos Radio's Commentary of the Week. Each week, Michael Navaradegis provides views and opinions on issues pertaining to Greece and to the worldwide Greek community. Coming up next, here on the Alagos Radio. As it turns out, there was no hope, and that was plainly evident after the historic referendum of July 5th in Greece. As the Syriza-led Greek government was preparing to sell out the result of the referendum and to agree to an even harsher set of austerity measures than that which had just been rejected by the voters, the amount of protesters who congregated at Syndagma Square in Athens barely reached 2,000, a far cry from the huge rallies in support of the no vote prior to the referendum. Why was this the case? This was the case because prior to to the referendum, Syriza and its governing partner, the Independent Greeks, made a big show of supposed resistance and mobilized tens of thousands of Greeks to come out and rally in support of no. Immediately after the referendum low, the shepherds did not lead the herd back out onto the streets, and without a shepherd, the Greek people won't go any further than to their local cafe to drink their frappe. On the night of the referendum, I had written an article where, in the last paragraph, I warned about the impending selling out of the no vote by the Syriza-led government, and about the high likelihood that the Greek people would accept this betrayal without resistance. I had written that Greece's true referendum began that night, and the result of that true referendum would be determined by the actions of Greece's citizens. And since the people of Greece did not react when they should have, the result was and remains quite clear, as we saw in the parliamentary election of this past Sunday. The 62% who voted no in a referendum did so for a number of reasons. The main reason was that they had shepherds in place, namely Tsipras and Kamenos and Varoufakis, despite the fact that the government, as has been revealed, secretly was hoping that the yes vote would prevail. The no vote was a reaction from a position of security for the people, as Syriza had promised that the no vote would not mean a catastrophic default and collapse of the Greek economy. It was a passive reaction on the part of the voters, who were not asked to do anything more challenging than to simply go and vote. I believed then, and I believe still, that the events which have followed have justified this belief, that only a small percentage of the 62% actually voted no because they truly believed it and understood what no meant, and it was a huge mistake for millions of Greeks and non-Greeks alike to get swept up by the euphoria and enthusiasm of the referendum result, as there was no evidence that anything substantial was actually going to change, especially since the Syriza-led government had not presented any proposals whatsoever as to the policies it would follow in the event that no prevailed. And just as the Greek people need a shepherd, the same is true of citizens around the world. Does anyone still remember the so-called solidarity rallies for Greece which were organized prior to the Greek referendum? What happened to these rallies? Where did all of the solidarity for Greece go? It seemingly has vanished into thin air. Perhaps was it the case that these rallies were organized by Syriza and by its funders and were tossed out into the garbage along with the referendum result when they were no longer needed? Just some food for thought. And so, we made it to the snap parliamentary elections of September 20th, elections where essentially nothing changed in the Greek political landscape, with the blessings, of course, of the Greek electorate. What you won't hear in the media, however, is the true result of these elections, where the first place party, Syriza, will govern with the votes of merely 19.5% of the registered electorate, while the percentage of registered voters who abstained reached 45%. And yet, in the so-called democracy of Greece, the 19 0.5% of Syriza translates into 35% of the final election result, meaning the votes of those voters who participated. And that 
45%, translates to Syriza attaining 48% of the parliamentary seats, including the 50-seat bonus that is afforded to the first-place party. In sum, the pro-memorandum parties have attained over 95% of the parliamentary seats, despite attracting less than 50% of registered voters. Such creative mathematical ambiguity could not have been thought up even by Yanis Varoufakis himself. But I forgot, Syriza will, any day now, restore the Greek electoral system to one of proportional representation, just as it had promised prior to the January elections. According to the esteemed Greek constitutional lawyer Yorgos Kasimatis, the elections of this past Sunday were illegal and unconstitutional, as the early snap elections were not called for one of the reasons which is foreseen by the Greek constitution. And of course, not a thing is said about the role of the company which is charged with the tallying of the votes in Greek elections, Singular Logic, whose major shareholders include corrupt Greek businessman Andreas Vianopoulos and Varadis Varadinoyanis, plus the Rockefeller family. Of course, we did not hear any of this from the otherwise objective and reliable media. Instead, what we heard again and again is that the Greek people had no other choices. Even the allegedly leftist Greek online outlet The Press Project, the website which last year censored my series of investigative articles on corruption and censorship in the Greek media landscape, admitted that it does not allow certain anti-memorandum candidates to be featured on its pages, but that it has no problem speaking to notorious and foul-mouthed pro-memorandum political personalities. A journalist from The Press Project in a recent article featured on Truthout claimed that Greek voters have no choice but to accept more neoliberalism. It is these media outlets which likely influenced the voters of Syriza and the other pro-memorandum parties in these elections. The same media outlets which were the seventh straight election in Greece were woefully off the mark as far as the exit polls and the absolutely non-credible survey results which he presented to the Greek audience, but which continue to be repeated as credible news by Greek and foreign media outlets. What the Greek people seem to not have understood is that political parties and political leaders don't just drop from the sky. If none of the parties are acceptable, citizens have the right to create new parties and movements or to at least exert pressure towards the existing parties, instead of sucking up to them for grants and for patronage jobs for their precious children. And if voters really wanted to send a message by abstaining, they could have done so in a massive and organized manner, picketing election sites in the offices of the various political parties. But of course, of course, this did not happen. We have also continuously heard that there is no other choice than to remain in the Eurozone and the European Union. We've heard this so many times, in fact, that it has become the gospel for many Greek citizens. And yet, it seems none of them have sat down to consider that there are countries like the United Kingdom, Denmark, and Sweden who are not members of the Eurozone, with the latter two having a smaller population in Greece while there are also countries such as Norway and Switzerland who are neither in the Eurozone nor in a European Union. When Greek citizens see nice Skoda automobiles on a road, they fail to consider that they are imported from the Czech Republic, a country that is not in a Eurozone and which does not wish to be in a Eurozone. Instead of looking at reality, though, we keep parroting everything that is said by Tsipras, such as his flat-out lie that the Central Bank of Greece does not have foreign currency reserves, and that Greece does not produce anything and cannot survive without Europe. Greece is a country which is gifted with an incredible amount of resources, but whose population is asleep at the wheel, where parents urge their children to all become only doctors, lawyers, and engineers, not realizing that even a healthy Greek economy 
family could not sustain so many doctors and lawyers. And Len, when her children cannot find jobs, we hear that Greece is a country without hope or prospects and which cannot exist without Europe. It would be good for us to understand which Europe we are even talking about, the European Union that was founded by ex-Nazis, the European Union which along with the United States is waging war in the Middle East, and who are together responsible for the massive wave of refugees coming into Europe, refugees who have found in many cases borders that have been sealed off, or who have been housed in former concentration camps, which are once again operating as temporary housing for the refugees. This is the European Union which allows one of its member states, Greece, to open in the school year without enough teachers and to have hospitals operating without enough staff, while it will now force Greece to enforce over 227 new austerity measures, which will include the privatization of Greece's airports and harbors and the public power utility, more new taxes, lowered wages and pensions, and the dismantling of whatever little is left of the social state. Having said all of this, the only thing to add as far as Greek voters is concerned is once again, shame on you.